Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing. Recorded at the PW offices in New York City, I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. I'm Heidi McDonald. I'm also co-editor of PW Comics World, as well as the graphic novels review editor for Publishers Weekly and the editor-in-chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com. Check us out on Twitter at, at PW Comics World. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer, and you can find us on Tumblr at pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to More to Come on iTunes and on social media, uh, Facebook in particular. We're at facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld. Okay, this week on... More to come. We've got um, DC trouble at DC Comics. All right, um, more yet again, more a trouble uh, or censorship trouble for Fun Home. Um, Fantagraphics goes Kindle. Um, Bergen Street Comics uh, is closing, and after that, the briefs. So let's uh, let's jump to what the heck is going on at DC Comics. Well, what isn't going on? Well, you know, uh, we've been talking, we've been tracking yeah. quite a bit about how this is a really uh, huge year for Marvel and DC. They're mm-hmm. both kind of rebooting, relaunching, yes. and DC had a cross-country move, which took place in April. And uh, to get through that, they did an event called Convergence. And Kate, jump in and yes. correct me if I'm wrong, because, you know, sometimes my grasp of mm-hmm. these, these fine details. <laughs> and, are, and mine is yeah, notoriously uh, uh, isn't always Isn't always up to snuff. So, but yeah, they did this two-month event called Convergence, which was basically like Battle World uh, that's, yeah. that Deep Marvel is doing, where various characters are brought into this battle zone to fight each other. It's a little two-issue thing by... Uh, it's kind of like a greatest hits sort of thing. I mean, one week was 70s DC, one week was 80s DC, right? <laughs> one week well, was... that actually makes more sense than yes. what really happened. Okay. Actually, <laughs> they took various different incarnations of all the different characters from throughout DC history. Um, whether or not they supposedly came from the same universe or not, according to purists, and just sort of randomly were like, oh, they're all different universes and uh, some something or other is making them all fight. You know, uh, 20 flashes enter, one flash leaves. Ha, ha, ha. Um, <laughs> right. And then, but it was, it was sort of an excuse for what most of the books were about, which was just a chance to revisit older versions of these comics yeah, it was and dead of, comic it, it characters. Was, it was sort of a symbolic trip down what I like to call the Hall of the Failed Imprints, you know, as I revisited different different eras and different times. And, but anyway, but so what happened? Was, so well, we're not here to talk about convergence. Right, we're trying to right, get the broad right. strokes, okay? So, yeah. So, no, I was just going to say that, that it was, um, for one thing, it was badly thought out because it was literally the exact same plot that Marvel was running at the exact same time. Yes, but DC did announce it first. I will give them that. Yes, there, People there is that. People drink loose lips, sink ships at <laughs> New York Comic Con, probably. Except for the fact that Marvel has done this plot like five right. times before. So, right. you know, who wore it better, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And uh, DC didn't, let's put it that way. Well, uh, you know, it was sort of met by retailer indifference, but what was coming after was supposed to be what was really great, which was mm. Divergence, right? Which was 20 new books. But, you know, Kate, now you're, now you're, see, here's the thing. It's like what this was supposed to do was freshen up DC, you know? Which is a good idea. Which is a good idea. You know, mm. and it had a but, more diverse creators. It had more women. It had more people of color. It had, you know, Greg Pak, uh, Greg Pak and, yes. uh, mm-hmm. and Gene Yang. I mean, it had like a pretty stellar lineup of people. 
And, uh, you know, some books that we were all like, okay, yeah. that's interesting, like Bizarro and Prez yeah. and Batmite. I mean, definitely kind of, we've said, lighten up, DC, yeah. and they were trying. Yeah. And well, now, I mean, plus now, I mean, but, I actually, even old fart comic book fan actually liked a couple of the books. Yeah. Now I'm hearing that, you know, well, you the know, lighten up stuff is... Well, well, you know what? Let uh, me tell you. This is all a reaction to that. Let me tell you what I'm hearing. What are you I'm hearing? I'm hearing, and you know, if you put up on the beat, uh, the, I put up on the beat this afternoon, like the sales charts that we run every month, where uh, where a brave, brave analyst Dave Carter uh, looks at the percentage drops or or gains uh, for Arrow titles and DC. I mean, uh, I, I, let me back up a little bit for, for anyone who isn't following. Like, kind of, I've been hearing this, and and just earlier this week. Uh, you know, Bleeding Cool ran some stories about how DC has lost two million dollars. Uh, they're a little, oh, they're yeah. ten million dollars behind their too. budgets, <laughs> and uh, that they were being told not to do new edgier things like Batgirl anymore, which is actually their only new recent hit. So, yeah, which is an right. unusual choice to right. say, "Don't be like so, Batgirl." Uh, you know, but I'd been hearing this also, and that the books were kind of being considered a flop, and that maybe uh, the the more Dan DiDio view of the, you know, which had more of a house style. And, you know, listen, we've picked on Dan many, many, many times here, uh, criticized him, but, uh, you know, he definitely, what he was doing at least kept DC competitive with Marvel. Now, over the past two months, DC has tanked. And if you look at these sales figures that just came out, I mean, where they are, they, uh, books dropped double digits almost across the board. Uh, Batgirl's the only one that stayed the same. But uh, it's really shocking numbers. It's as if retailers had decided that DC was a guy they were dating and they just were ghosting him. I mean, really, it's as if they weren't picking up the phone because they were pissed off. I, I, I mean, I just, it's, 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 you know, things like, like, like Mrs. Deadpool are selling better than The Flash. I mean, The Flash has his own TV show. <laughs> well, okay. I, I think, okay, I think experimental books sometimes take a while to find their feet. And if you make most of your lineup experimental all at once, that's a very dangerous thing to do. Well, they didn't, though. They, they Some of the line is not experimental. They introduced 20 new number ones, but the rest of the line was things like Grayson and, and you know... Things that they already had in the... Superman, period. Wonder Woman, and all this other stuff that they already had running. Now, one person, and, you know, I put up a little story this morning, mm. and I said, oh, if you, you know, think I'm full of crap, just email me. And boy, <laughs> you know, nobody said I was full of crap, though. I mean, instead, I just heard more and more and more, and... What uh, did you hear? I, I'm, anonymized I, for safety. I am totally anonymizing, but, you know, one of the things that, that was pointed out, and, you know, and I think this is where I think sometimes, you know, we'd all like to have books that are about you know trans unicorns uh and flash <laughs> selling 200,000 copies a month right i mean that's sure. what we'd like to see that's what i like to and, see and you know but i think sometimes you have to look at what the reality of the industry is and um you know i think dan didio had a little bit more of an idea and that what this is one of the theories that I've crossover heard. battles what, what, yes, and complicated this is one of the theories that i heard multi universe that one of the one of the things of the pre-move dc <laughs> God help was, us. was that all the books tied together yeah. you know like mm -hmm. the whole universe was a very cohesive universe and you know, like we were talking about last week, Kate, on the podcast, when you and I were just, just talking, it's like you felt sucked into, or drawn in, rather, to this cohesive kind of universe. And the new books don't feel connected like that. And I think maybe that, that's what some mm. people feel is why retailers kind of said, you know, we're not grokking this. We're not, we're not grokking this. But this is a hell of a lot of not grokking. I mean, 
an unprecedented level of not cracking. Well, the other idea that I've heard from several people, I don't know where this one comes from, but uh, the other idea is that it's because Bob Wayne isn't there. Interesting. And now, Bob, hmm. I've said this many times, like, you know, Bob Wayne was Oprah to retailers, you hmm. know? He was, the <laughs> like, just pictures, you know, it's yeah, like yeah. that scene in Gandhi where they're bowing up and down. I mean, literally, I'm not even he joking. He speaks their language, apparently. He speaks their language, yeah. and I mean, you know, cheers. and, well, and Bob, he, if you're out there listening, yeah, Bob, we um, need you. Yeah, Bob, you're, you're, you're <laughs> laughing. I'm sure you're standing there with a smile on your face listening <laughs> to this. But, you know, some people are saying that it was Bob Wayne yeah, uh, yeah. handling of the um, of the retailers that would be yeah. the selling point that could for this. massage these titles, yeah. you know, and, to like acceptable numbers. And he's like a, a diplomat yeah, for comics. Right? Yes, and you know, I think that I think look to retailers. He You're speaks a pimp. retailers. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just no, kidding, no, Bob. No, no, no. I think Bob has a real, real understanding of what retailers like. Yeah, yeah, um, no. And you know, there's clearly. a lot of new people at DC, and a lot of editors who come from other companies bringing in well, new ideas. And hopefully, good... hopefully, this I mean, is. Not going to be a. Let's look at that. That last, the last yeah. couple of statements you made. I mean, look, I, I don't ever <laughs> pretend. I don't actually pretend to have this deep insights into this part of the business as you do. I, I, you know, when it comes to the, the superhero, you know, I'm sort of a flawed fan mentality, and that I sort of look onto it and I don't understand any of it. That said, I mean, DC is in the midst of almost unprecedented level of change from moving to one side of the country, uh, new employees mm-hmm. constantly, um, and and actually uh, um, maybe distracted a little bit by the success of the TV shows as opposed to the movies, but the mm-hmm. TV shows for sure. Maybe uh, maybe there's just too much going on. Well, there you know, right now. Yeah, and you know, maybe it's a little bit too much to be expected that things will settle down yeah. after one month or two months. Sure, I mean, sure. They only move there in April, and it, you know, I mean, Calvin and I hate to move. I mean, that's and, about and, my and worst fear. But I mean, moving is awful, and it takes you a long time to figure things out. Oh, and not just that, but it's not just people moving, but all the people who didn't move. Yes. I mean, think about how many relationships between retailers and all the people yeah. who served them that have been broken because those people aren't there. Maybe. They feel like this is a totally new company they're dealing with, and they don't know if, how they feel about it yeah. yet. Yeah, and you know, this seems to be a circular firing squad of pointing fingers from what I'm hearing. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I will allow, like some people are saying that the marketing wasn't there for for Divergence. And, uh, you know, nothing. I mean, the, the, I didn't really the, see. I mean, you know, the selling, just on, job, for new, just, uh, the, yeah, the sure, selling job for New 52 is the gold standard mm, for anything. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, just on the, on the professional side, I mean, we've, we've actually sort of been dating the, uh, the, the media and publicity people, mm-hmm. trying to get to uh, know who they are, learn what they want, <laughs> learn what we can give them. Yeah, we've had a couple of Tinder dates with them. Yeah, you know, it's true, you know. It's, no, more uh, match.com, excuse me. Exactly. Match.com. There you go, you know, uh, you know, but hey, but you know, we've, we, the, you know, the dating continues, but, but we're, yeah. we're and, learning and, you know, each other. And let me tell you, they've all been really, really nice. They and I like them all, and I really enjoy working with them. And I, you know, and I'm they were not, great doing the uh, Comic Con. Yes, and I'm you not know, but, trying yeah. to say any of this to throw anybody. I do not want to point the finger at anybody. No, no. I will say one snarky thing, however. It's like we have talked many times here and on the beat. Uh, you know, the help wanted ads for DC were mm. like brand coordinating, licensing director, and, you know, brand management sustainability focus group, <laughs> yeah, the yes. EVP of of 
you know, yeah. of content strategy development Job, focus. Speak creativity. And, and, yeah, yeah, and it's like even if you look in a DC comic, I was looking at the Indicia and like all of these people now, the same people have these titles now. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe they should really know what they're doing with some of these brands, okay? <laughs> so, uh, you know, that I'll just throw in there uh, because um, – you know, I, I think DC needs to move forward. They really, really, really do. And uh, at the same time, uh, you know, the wisdom of people like Bob Wayne and, you know, who I clashed with. I mean, I'll be honest. I clashed with him. But he, he knew, you know, there's, sure. a, and, and things are changing, you know. But the, but it's we're in a very transitional time. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, and DC uh, has done some bold, made some bold changes. And, you know, maybe it, it just hasn't sunk in. Maybe they need a little more time. Uh, yeah. something that nobody seems to yeah, have and, enough you know, of. I hope it works out for them. I hope yeah. that this is just like a really bad month and that the retailers get back on the horse and, and, and you know, decide I mean, that they're, well, they're going to be We get a lot of their books here, yeah. and I admit, I, I feel overwhelmed by it. They're, I mean, even the ones I'm interested in, it's just a little overwhelming to know what you think of them because there's so many, yeah. and they come so frequently. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to yeah. read. And, uh, you know, there's some really great-looking books that yeah, they have absolutely. now. You know, I mean, I love Omega Men. They've done that book with a mm-hmm. real different... Yeah, I didn't about know about Omega Men until you mentioned it last mm-hmm. week, and I, you know, snatched up all the copies. And, <laughs> and, and I'm reading Superman again. Yeah. I haven't read Superman in years. You know, is, is this the Gene Yang <laughs> yes. Superman? Well, is it, yes. I'm is right. it good? I think it's I good. I haven't read it yet. I think so. it's good. I, I, I like it. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, I think yeah. there's... Listen, I hope that there, there's... I think people look. If I, I don't even know how to say this. If I was working at DC and I saw these sales numbers, I would be a little upset. Okay, yeah. but uh, I would also hope that people regroup over it and see what's good and what they need to move forward with in a positive way. Because there's a lot of really great people there and a lot of great characters, and we need a strong DC. We do. Yes, we absolutely. do. Absolutely. And you know, it's, DC is hardly like some dropped stock down <laughs> in the garbage level you know like dc has a lot of great stuff it's just currently they're in- undergoing some difficulties yeah exactly and um yeah so we do wish them luck and you know this is not to bury dc at all no but you know bob wayne that's so you're smiling <laughs> <laughs> well meanwhile Meanwhile, uh, a book that does not have any trouble with publicity years and years after it came out (laughs) is Fun Home. It doesn't have any problem with sales, but it certainly seems to be having problems uh, in certain parts of this country. Well, well, it's, you know, if if you take the approach that all publicity is good publicity, they're certainly getting publicity. Yeah, they are. Because Fun Home is both beloved by educators as a summer reading book and beloved by book protesters as a pot of sin which is kind of hilarious given that they're little almost teddy bear like looking Allison Bechdel characters uh, the uh, latest this whole thing is pretty sad coming from a major American high, institution of higher education well I mean it's, it's that, more on their students the, the it, students it, are objecting to a um, a voluntary reading list uh, I guess the story ran in I guess the Duke yeah. Student well, basically, well, what I understand, and then it hit happened, the news. That yeah. there's a Duke. Pro, yeah. There's a, a group. Uh, there's a list for the incoming freshmen yes. on Facebook. A private list. A just as, as Facebook uh, was the origin was private college groups. By the way, oh, really? um, 
Yeah, and some some guy, a fellow named Brian, said, I'm not going to read this book because it violates my religious freedom. Or my not my religious freedom, but just, you know, I, it, I will... It, my religion. It violates my religion to read this book. And, you know, then somebody picked up on that and ran it. And he said he'd gotten supporting messages from other people. And, um, you know, he, he wrote a big on op-ed. This one book. There's no other book on this list Well, he violates- says, Well, in his... He does say he wrote a longer editorial for mm-hmm. Washington Post today where he okay, explains that Jesus that. said, and Paul backed it up, Paul, the greatest misogynist in Christian history, uh, backed up that, you know, you should not look at a woman uh, with lust in your heart. Uh, and <laughs> that that, that fun America. home is going to uh, make him lust in his heart by looking at, and there's only, you know, two or three pages in there that actually depict yeah, sex right. And they're not particularly graphic. They're not and they erotic. they look like Alison Bechtel characters. They're not erotic in any way, shape, or form. They're so part of the book. But he said that looking at a picture was going to damn him to hell. And, you know, I'm I'm. And um, it's not even a book about heterosexual sex. I know. I know. <laughs> I think that was the problem. Yeah. I mean, come on. But, I mean, you know, he wrote this very heartfelt editorial and, uh, you know, where, like, I went to Duke to broaden my horizons but not this far and you know people you know not this is uh, you know (laughs) please please don't damn me for for uh racism this is not a racist comment (laughs) but but you know he quotes he says i was especially touched by the comments of a of a muslim student who said you know what these these you know these things that people are trying to force people into these social um you know, conventions, I'm like, yeah, that's really interesting because of all the other things that right-wing Christians are saying about, you know, Muslim ideology yeah. being the wrong way. So, uh, anyway. so yeah, a voluntary list is really forcing you out yeah. of your, comfor- your yeah. comfort zone. Well, yeah, well, this kid's going to have a hard time in the real world. Yeah, that. that's what I'm trying to figure out. If they can't function on a, yeah, on a, the lacrosse on a beautiful, uh, <laughs> it bubbled, uh, free of uh, actual real-world tension campus, one of the great campuses in American education, they can't function there with a voluntary reading list that they can just skip over anything they want and just, you know, keep their little narrow points of view solid. What are they going to do when they graduate? Well, I think... When nobody cares. My, my, my guess... If their feelings are hurt. My guess would be <laughs> that he came from a cultural bubble where everyone shared his values. And he <laughs> yes. will probably go back to another bubble. And he was under the mistaken impression that Duke was like that. Yeah, well... Well, but Duke is backing up uh, Fun Home and says that they cannot possibly pick books that will offend no one. That is impossible. And that they would certainly welcome people discussing whether they chose to read books or not. And, you know, I'd like to point out, though, that there's been so many stories about this and... um, You know, controversy, sudden controversy. You know, we had an identical story... Uh, two years ago, except it was even worse. Okay, it was also in the Carolinas. You will recall that once again, a small, co- a small public college in South Carolina had assigned Fun Home as summer reading. And you know, one of the reasons they do that is just so students will have something to talk about because you know students don't need to find ways to mingle that don't involve beer. Okay, <laughs> yeah, uh, right. but um, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> but um. Uh, and in that case, the South Carolina legislature was so incensed by this that they withdrew funding for the college. I mean, yeah. it was so, this, that story was so much, look, I don't, you know, if this guy doesn't want to read it, you know, the closing of the American mind, that's fine. Don't be challenged by anything. Yeah. You know, or feel a tingling below your utility belt, fella, <laughs> yeah, that's from right. fun home. Um, you know, 
Uh, there you go. I mean, that's that that's fine. But I mean, this was the government turning on it, and you know, this became a cost of living. This, uh, you know, there was yeah. a little bit more of a happy outcome on that. But um, you know, this is an ongoing thing, and you know, ideas are dangerous. That's true. Well, yeah. Well, it's just it's annoying. I mean, with, with that, look, everybody has. <laughs> you don't have to like fun home. No. Okay. No. But I think to turn a voluntary reading list into like some delusional pressure on you to change your moral compass this is not this is this is strange and it's weird coming from uh you know from a a college student Mm -hmm. yeah well or multiple college students yeah um well i mean fun home i mean it's not just these two examples fun home has gotten its way onto the banned books list has you know caused controversy wherever it goes which um is, you know, it, which, yes, go on. No, I, I don't mean well, it. No, it's, but, which ranting. is kind of like, <laughs> it, I, uh, you know, and every time it does, you kind of go, really? Fun home? Like, fun home of all the books? Yeah. You know? People, it's a great book. And you, it's, uh, it's, it's, it. it's a genius book. And, you know, I wonder <laughs> if, it. I mean, again, there are so few panels in it that actually do depict yeah. anything. Yeah, and it, I, I'm not, I mean, I'm almost wondering, you know, if you could say, oh, but if only, you know, they didn't have that. You know what? It would still be controversial because one of the other, they did a list of CBLD Duff does a list of, you know, most fan yeah. books and, you know, bone is one yeah. of them. And yeah. what on yeah. earth? Like why? Why? Is it the, all right, smoking, the smoky dragon? I mean, I don't know. Well, it's what, but you know, fun home is one of the great, American memoirs yeah. of of all time, but you know, and you know what? Is, oh, go ahead. It should be required reading. Well, even <laughs> as as literature goes, Fun Home is just does not have that much con- content that would bother people. I mean, plenty of things creep in there, I guess, because they're text and they don't have mm-hmm. pictures that have way more sex and violence. Oh, it's ridiculous! But it's ridiculous. I mean, I hope this guy who doesn't want to ever lust in his heart over a woman. I hope he never turns on television <laughs> yes, or, or goes to the a, movies a or walks street. down a public street <laughs> or goes on the internet because he's going to have a lot of problems. Look, dude, America runs on lust, okay? Yeah, yeah. so does the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah. And when you try to what suppress made us it, you have even worse problems. So, you know, anyway, we'll just, you know, take it to yeah. Ashley Madison, dude. Horniness made this country great, okay? So let's, let's, let's just ro- roll yeah. with that thought. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyway. Okay. All right. Let's move it on. Digital comics. Fanographics, you know, kind of your throwback print. I mean, I thought they still published their books with, um, you know, on a, on <laughs> a printing a, press with Gutenberg, press. Yeah. you know, on a letterpress, <laughs> uh, one at a time, like they used to do. No, but they're going with, they're, they've as actually. As Gutenberg intended. As Gutenberg intended. But indeed, no, they've actually, their comics have been on Comixology for a while. Uh, but it turns out they've expanded their deal. Now they're into Amazon's Kindle platform now. Um, more comics, more digital comics. And I think, uh, Heidi, you wrote the story. Yes, I did. And, you know, basically, this is part of, um, you know, Fanographics. Uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, again, I'm, I, I just need to come up with a rule for this. It's called the, the Candid Heidi rule or whatever. You know, it's like when I talked to Eric Reynolds about this, he said some things that were sort of like, like, you know, comicsology has a stranglehold in digital. It's like, you know, Eric, this is supposed to be a positive story, so I'm not going to use the word stranglehold. They don't you know, do positive. You know what? Right. I mean, I'm not now. the PR person for comicsology, but I think if I use that word, people might be a little offended yes. by it. So, uh, anyway, but, uh, you know, he was saying that, that, uh, that comicsology is really great at getting the pamphlet readers, the periodical readers, 
and uh, Kindle has a more book reading, uh, you yeah. know, book readers, and he felt that this was mm-hmm. this was where they might find some uh, readers for their line of graphic novels. And uh, but what the real uh, story is is that uh, a lot more publishers are coming to Kindle. Yes, a yeah. lot more. And I mean, I just got a PR, but as I came here, that Black Mask, which does yeah. mostly digital, is coming mm-hmm. to the Kindle. And so, you know, that's the story here. And I, word on the street is that more are coming. I, I, I don't doubt it at all. I mean, I, I thought that what you had in the story was very interesting about, uh, uh, you know, graphic novels just working better on Kindle. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, obviously, that's the prose side of the business. Right. And, you know, as, as comics, you know, make their way into the broader marketplace, you know, people, the book format, it may be just what people want. Uh, in many ways, like you were talking about, um, I think, on the uh, pamphlet issue uh, last yeah. week about... Um, you know, on the one hand, it's it's a good value, but on the other hand, it's a very mature and uh, powerful format. So, uh, I think this is interesting to see that Fantagraphics, drawn in quarterly, I suppose to some extent more, we, we, we will mm-hmm. soon be hearing yeah. something. I would sure. Assume. Although, are they even on any digital? Platform? You know, they were they on, were on the Kobo for a while, but I don't know how much. I mean, when I did the story about DNQ and I asked. You know, uh, Peggy Burns, a new publisher, about any new thing. She said no, but she did say maybe more ebooks. So mm-hmm. we'll have to we'll have to check in yes, with DNQ yeah. and see. You know, you know that digital's really killed print sales. That's yes, one thing we've you know. Seen, so but, you yeah. know, over and over. Well, one thing I think that is an advantage of Kindle, and to a somewhat lesser extent, uh, the Nook over just like comicsology or something is that people who are not looking for digital comics will find digital comics. You know, yeah. they enter in the title of this graphic novel and then as it's listing different formats, it's like, and it's available in Kindle for X number of yeah. dollars. Yeah, yeah. And so people who might not have thought of buying it for their Kindle suddenly see it there right. and go, oh, okay. Well, you know, as we've said many times, you know, Amazon, as horrific as they might be in making their employees cry, uh, they are well, great I mean, at better related- you buy the digital than you yeah. buy the stuff yeah. that some guy in a warehouse suffered over. Right, yeah. but I, I'm saying that they're great at related searches and yeah. you know as yeah, soon as yeah. you get that involved with comics uh you know you're going to see it's a it's a very powerful sales tool actually if i could just throw in we didn't actually mention this at the beginning but actually um i did a story actually today about uh hoopla uh, hoopla digital which is the public library digital content mobile app they announced uh that image comics would be coming right. onto their platform as of today. So they've added about seventy two um titles from Image. Oh wow. More to come, uh including Saga and Walking Dead, of course. So once again, digital. Now this is a service that's just for public library. If you've got a valid library card, you can download the Hoopla Digital app and um basically get twenty four seven access do you, do you to need, all kinds of content. Do you need to have a library that has Paid Hoopla. You, and you have to library who hoop- you have to have a library system that it is, works with, with hoopla, hoopla, but they've how, got over eight hundred public library systems in the U.S. So how do they uh, keep you from? I mean, is it like it's timed? You right. know, it's timed. Right. It's through the app. You can put it in. You get a certain amount of time to read oh, okay. it, and then it then it you lose it. But you can go back and get it again. Right, right, right. That's the thing about it. Also, these new um, cloud based uh, transactional lending systems they're not like they were in the past. Where they treated digital books at libraries like physical books. If so, you had five copies. If five of them were claimed, 
then you didn't You're get screwed. it. You had to wait. Well, you know, so it, that's over with. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's it's a pretty common technology. You know, if you go put something in your basket and you don't check out, then it takes it out of your basket. Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like the web is very good at these timed things. So that's um, yeah. so you. But you have, but uh, it, it, it gives you twenty four seven access. They've they've got roughly about three thousand comics now, but they've got a lot of good people. Adding image now is going to help. DC Comics signed during uh, just before I think com- uh, Comic Con uh, their first subscription mm-hmm. deal. They don't like I'll me call it a it. subscription deal, mm-hmm. by the way. But really, the, if you really look at it, even they call themselves a Netflix-like um, uh, service. So. Maybe the Netflix for comics will well, end up being the library. There you go. Well, some <laughs> people have said that that was where they was all uh, along. Wow, swear, <laughs> twist ending. Yeah, everything old is new again. So anyway, yeah. they, so so digital again continues to make comics available to more and more people. Right. Um, but but talking about uh, physical comic storefronts, yes, there's no, some sad news. Sad yes. story. Yes. Death of a comic shop. Yeah, well, Burger Street Comics um, in Brooklyn, a great, great comic shop. I haven't been out there recently. I have been there to events. It's a great, great store uh, run by uh, Tom and Amy Adams. Um, they're closing down after how many years is it? Uh, six years? Yeah. Yeah. After six years. Yeah. Um, it was a beautiful space, a great part of Brooklyn, too. Um, uh, was that hot dog store nearby? Yeah, that, yeah. that park. Uh, you, yeah. Sustainable hot dog. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Um, uh, now it's, it's been a great store. They, they do a, a bit of publishing. I think they're going to continue to do yes. that. They basically announced on the website the store will be closing. They said they will have one last party, which I hope will be really well attended and that they will continue on with their publishing plan, which so far has Copra, uh, yes. Mike, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Michael Fife's yeah. very well received, uh, book. And, uh, I think they've been publishing some stuff by Chuck Forsman too. So, mm. you know, sticking around as publishers is exciting, but, but, you know, the store was gorgeous. I mean, it yeah. had brick walls, exposed brick walls. Oh, it was really nice. It was on this done. gorgeous Bergen Street right in the, uh, the, you know, North Park Slope. It was right up the street from Berkeley Center. And, you know, uh, I forget his name and I'm terrible, but, you know, one of the Nets is a big, big comics reader and he would always oh. go to oh, Bergen really Street cool. and buy his oh, comics. Really? Oh. He's a regular Oh, yeah, shopper. isn't it Lopez? Yeah, yeah, yeah. because yeah, like, he draws too, yes, you know. Exactly. We gotta, we gotta figure out a way to get these guys on the podcast. Well, but anyway, we'll have to figure this out. Yes, yeah, because his brother's now playing for the Knicks. So we'll have to work that's this out. Right, yeah. That's right. But and yeah. they've said in public, both of them, that they how much they, they want to produce right. comics. So right, right. just an idle thought. Yeah. That just popped yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, great. there was also elegies from John Hodgman on Twitter. I mean, yeah, it was just yeah, an yeah. It was a beautiful a store. Sorrow. Really, it was it's a new Tom, wave of think, comics retailers. Do you think the rent was just too high? You know, they haven't made a statement. and I wouldn't uh, be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if that was part of it. Mm. Um, you know, i got to be honest, though. Uh, they came out just as Rocket Ship was ending, and Rocket yeah. Ship was sort of an identical kind of yeah. store, and, and you know, and Carol Gardens a similar kind of a neighborhood. And it's tough on you know, commercial spaces. I hate to say it, you know, like uh, Secret Headquarters in L.A. opened a store that was kind of similar, and that that shut down. Yeah. And I think the economics of it, uh, you know, it's heartbreaking for me to admit defeat here, but you know, the economics of in a very expensive urban area like yeah. like New like Brooklyn or um, a prestige comic shop may not be that can support a comic yeah. shop or even a bookstore is is also in danger well, because yeah, yeah. It, the, the real estate values are just skyrocketing when your lease is up it's really tough for a store to stay yeah it really is yeah. I, I i live on a street in Manhattan downtown that's that went from Straight up ghetto. Oh my god! To, well, your street to is like- the hottest street in Manhattan, yeah. and you know 
when when vendors that when they get a lease, they don't renew. No. When it's over, they out. They're out. Boom. Yeah. Because they know what the rent increases are going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or they get kicked out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, they just not. They're not going to pay the the exorbitant rents. Yeah. Well, your you know? street is like, yeah. Oh, my street I, is like, ridiculous. yeah. Forget about it. But I mean, no. the the comic shop nearest to my apartment where I live now, thankfully, has managed to stay open in Brooklyn, also near the park, but on the bottom of the park. Yes. Um, and the comics are you have to sort of go to the back of the store to get to the actual non-discounted comics. The discount ones are in the front, right. along with all the gaming. Mm-hmm. And uh, the proprietor, or the proprietor's son, I'm not quite sure, sits in the middle of the store with, like, 24-7, like, gaming crew, like, playing D&D or something in the middle. But somehow, they always manage to stay open. Um, but it could be because they're cross-promoting, or it could be because the rent's a hell of a lot cheaper at that. Yeah, end of the and park. I, you know, I want to. There are a yeah. lot of shops that. Um, I mean, certainly, um, you know, the one that we were raving over in Toronto, the uh, you know, Little Bird, the the kids' bookstore that's oh. run by the Big Island, yeah, the, is yes. a great. And the store that they have in the museum, in the new museum, the museum store. it's oh, not a museum, it's a library, but it for. could yeah, be. It's I know, just I know it's yeah. <laughs> but. Um, you know, and Midtown makes it work. In yeah, some of the most expensive yeah. retail yeah, there but, is. But you know, they're a com- they're a commuter store, they're a collector store. Yeah. I mean, you know, the thing that we loved about Rocket Ship and Bergen Street is that they specialized in graphic novels. They specialized in non superhero. Yeah. You know, I mean, Tom at one point had a whole big thing about how he wasn't going to carry periodicals anymore, and you know, he did have to walk that back. Yeah, yeah. but um. You know, they didn't go big on them. And you know what? That is a lot of business. And, you know, Desert yeah. Island, I'll say this. It's like, is it, that's kind of the last, rem- I said it was the last remaining artisanal comic shop mm-hmm. in trendy Brooklyn. But uh, they're too artisanal for me. I got into yeah, it. See, yes, I know. Fit. You left a very cutting <laughs> comic cane on the oh, beat. Man. Oh, my God. I, had, it was I have never had an experience like that in a comic store. Like, Ever. Like, even when I was to one in my hometown in Allentown, where, like, they still had Vampirella posters on the ceiling, like, I did not have an experience like that. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. And, so you know, I was just like, you know, if more people go in mm-hmm. and have this experience, then, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm there. They somehow they keep their doors open. Yeah, they do. And, yeah. you know, well, it's, a, it's a good store. I haven't been out there re- recently, but now this is, makes me think I better go out to Desert Island really yeah, quickly. <laughs> you know, and I mean, I, I went to several events. I mean, you know, Burger Street, I had awesome parties. And, uh, you know, I always made sure I'd buy something because I think that's yeah. true, too. People go and they don't buy things. And, you know, you have to buy things yeah. at stores. I mean, I, I shop, you know, just shout outs to our buddies at Midtown at Forbidden Planet. Um, you know, my homeboys at JH. You, uh, you know, there are some really good, strong, yeah, long-running are. stores yeah. in Manhattan. We're absolutely. very lucky to have them, and you know, support your local comic shop. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah because um, it's tough out there, folks. So yeah, go and buy now some, just another memory of go Bergen buy Street. some comics. Another yeah. memory. Yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah. So where? Oh, where are we? Um, we no. have we have gone through the stories, and it's uh, okay. time for the brief. Okay, go for oh, it. Oh boy, news briefs. So, some good news for New Yorkers. FlameCon, which yeah. Alvin and I reported from, yes. uh, New York's first LGBT Comic Con, uh, it was, its fate was in doubt. It had only been organized as a one-year event, but it's coming back. back. FlameCon 2, yeah. coming next year uh, in a new venue. And we look forward to it. Yeah, I'm bummed yeah, because I, the yeah. old venue was like it a, was so awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. But I, I didn't even the Brooklyn Marriott. Where is that? It's in downtown Brooklyn. Is it okay? Yeah, it's a. Right. Uh, 
It's a hotel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Well, it's uh, what August twentieth and twenty first next year. Um, we'll be there. We'll be there. Yeah. Um, bad news for some comics people. Uh, the Kickstarter fraud case has ruled against the Kickstarter fraudsters. So no, you can't just tell us about the awesome book you're going to make or the awesome game you're going to make and just not do it. Um, well, you can't in Washington State. This was a. This was only in Washington State, where um, the Washington State DA specifically bought a case against this game company that True. went ahead and brought out the cards. And the uh, actual restitution was only for residents of Washington State. However, uh, it sets a precedent. It sets a precedent. It sets a, a chilling effect. Well, and they suddenly start mailing out the things like, you, you know, know, screw you. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like chilling effect is not fair because usually. That's a, a negative term, whereas I think this is very positive. Yes. Um, yeah. uh, we love Kickstarter, and it's one thing if your project, you know, falls through because it just doesn't work out. But if you really aren't trying, if man, you're not trying, uh, then yeah, that's fraud. Then, then somebody's watching you. Also, I mean, the FTC, the earlier FTC case, uh, I guess would be, would be more on a national basis than this, but uh, but the FTC is watching, uh, and apparently some states are watching too. So uh, yeah. Uh, if you're going to do a Kickstarter project, you better do it in good faith. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And Masashi Kushimoto, last heard of on this podcast. <laughs> Trying to get us a vacation time. Yeah. On this podcast saying, let me rest. As, as he runs down the street like, you know, a new age beetle with the fans chasing after him. Yeah. Yeah. Just Trader. one more volume. More Naruto. More, more Naruto. Naruto. Well, he has a project in the works. He has announced that he will announce it at New York Comic Con when he appears. So, oh. there will be breaking news from our very own Homecoming Con. All right. Well, okay. Well, yeah, uh, there you go. Yeah. There will be more to come on that. Oh, yeah. Some suggestions come. that it's going to be science fiction, I think. Yeah. Yeah, the the, the rumblings are science mm-hmm. fiction, yeah. but right. then, you know, that leaves a very wide field. But he says he never wants to do anything as long and as involved as Naruto again. Yeah. Well, <laughs> given how long well. and involved Naruto was, that won't be yes. hard. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, I guess you got too much talent, dude. <laughs> So anyway, yeah. All right. Well, and uh, it looks like we've wrapped up this week's news. But there'll be more to come.